Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Lance's House of Sports. Don't forget to rate the podcast, share it with a friend, and tune in weekly for weekly podcasts. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of Lance's House of Sports. We got the usual man back on the show, Ben Gabriel. Thanks for coming on late in May. Of course. And then, of course, we got a guest coming on the show. Um, first time on, a good friend of mine, a coworker of mine, Matt Scarberry. Thanks for coming to the show, Matt. No means a whole problem, lot. man. It's been it's been a while. I've been excited to go and do this. Uh, I feel like it was trial and tribulations to try and get it to happen, but we finally figured <laughs> it out. We're finally here. We're finally here. So I would say Matt and I are probably our main hobby while at work together <laughs> as we uh, both work in a restaurant is talking sports. So it was only a matter of time before yep. we... Uh, made this come to reality. So uh, welcome to the show. And we got a lot to talk about. Conference finals are in the midst or for, you know, one conference. It's already said and done. But I feel like where we got to start is we got to talk about the boys in the East. Two seed Boston Celtics, eight seed Miami Heat. So last time we talked on the show, it was right before the series started. We made our predictions. We all had Boston. Miami went on a 3-0 series lead, taking both on the road and winning game three at home before my boys finally stepped up to the plate, matched the type of intensity they've been playing most of the year, and they were able to take game four. So obviously a lot of ups and downs in this series. Hemi Butler, he's he's been here the entirety of the time. You got to give him credit for doing what he's done in the second half, especially on the road in those games. Um, but just looking through this series, seeing what the role players have been able to do um, for the Miami Heat side, what has been most impressive, I should say, from that team with everything that's going uh, on? I now? would uh, venture to say Gabe Vincent just went stupid crazy the other night. Yeah. Uh, was just dropping everything, it seemed like. Um, it was really, really intense. And then even, you know, Duncan Robinson stepping up. I mean, Struess, you know, was more effective than his stat lines may have seemed. <laughs> It was just you could tell Spolster was hot, but was behind the brainchild of the way that they played. It was definitely an Eric Spolster co- or coach game. It was intense, you're right. I mean, it would have been close even if Butler didn't blow up. It would have been yeah. intense either way. So yeah, that was that was it was nice to see for a change instead of you know that slow, boring, methodical basketball they normally play. I mean, what they scored one twenty nine in the first yeah. the first game. Yeah, I mean, not. You know, I don't remember the last time they scored 129 points. Well, because last we talked about it right before the playoffs started, before the Heat made the huge run on the Milwaukee Bucks winning that series in five, they were one of the worst offensive teams in the regular season. They were ranked 27th in three-point percentage. And now all of a sudden in the playoff times, it's almost as if they hit another gear. But then, like, we've heard Jimmy talk about it, how he said, like, you know, we just got trust in our guys. We see what they do every day. It's not like you guys. Like, we put in the work every single day, and they just got trust in the team. I mean, is it all credit to Eric Spolscher, or do you got to give credit eventually to some of these young guys who everyone knows on the C team? What do they have, six um, guys yeah, who went undrafted? undrafted yeah. I yeah. mean, is it is it mainly Spolscher, or do you got to give credit to the to the role players? What do you think, Ben? I mean, I think Eric Spolscher is probably the best coach in the NBA. Yeah. Um, just from, you know, his history and just the experience he has in the finals and the playoffs and stuff, along with coaching superstars his whole career. But I think you got to give credit to the younger guys. Um, Caleb Martin had 15 game one, 25 game two. 
I don't know how many he had last night, but I don't think he had a great game. I mean, it seems like he's been hot the entire. Yeah, I mean, series. he's been. I don't know how many shots he's been getting. I'm looking at the stats right now. He was six for nine, 16 points. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, not getting the rock goal enough. Percentage has been <laughs> crucial for them, for sure. The announcer said it perfectly. The Heat six man is outplaying the six man of the year. Um, yes. Yeah, I think Caleb Martin's been a huge part of that team so far this series, but. Here's here's the numbers. I got them right here. So 15, 25, 18, and 16. And in those four games, he was over 50% each time. Six for 11, wow. 11 for 16, 7 of 11, 6 of 9. I mean, you look at the rest of the stats from the rest of the playoffs until this series. I mean, he's just been a completely different player. I only see like two other times where he was shooting over 50%. And now you got him playing like this six-man-of-the-year type candidate. I mean, he's playing for a contract or something with the yeah. way he's playing. <laughs> I, I got to give a little credit to Eric Spolster for the way he's been coaching. I mean, yes, Joe Mazzulla is a rookie head coach. I think that's kind of just been a big reason why the Heat were able to get out to such a big series lead. I mean, it's like we said, the best, if not top, second best coach in the league going up against a rookie head coach. I mean, I feel like he's just been kind of taking an example of him yeah. uh, left and right. Um, but credit to Joe Mazzulla in game four. He came out with a different type of game plan. The offense was completely different. The defensive intensity was the best I've seen them play in two weeks on the defensive side. Three one. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. Like with all this talk, it's still a three one series lead. Can we expect this type of Celtics team from Game Four to keep showing up? Or I mean, does Miami pounce and understand what's at stake here? Well, it's first of all going to rest on whether Tatum's going to be on. I feel like he sets the tone. For the rest of the team, Brown obviously is a huge contributor, don't get me wrong, Horford from time to time. But the thing is, is they all got to show up at once. Miami, they're playing on a different level right now. They are playing on an absolute clutch level. I mean, everyone from 1 to 15 down the roster. So if it's going to happen, then they're really going to need to all show up. No more of these 0 for 7 nights from downtown, no more. Uh, Jalen Brown scoring 18 points and you know having a 30 percent night like that if it's gonna happen that needs to be priority number one is for everyone to get their their stuff together for sure what do you think Ben well uh you know no team has ever come back from 3-0 um oh and 150 yeah but <laughs> teams have come back from 3-1 yes you guys are at 3-1 <laughs> that's, a, that's a, <laughs> good point I mean that's a good way to think about it I don't know I mean it's just it's tough because Celtics like we talked about before they haven't been good at home in the playoffs and I I just it's gonna be tough for them to win four games in a row they've already won one but it's just bizarre to me because everyone on TV on ESPN on Fox on CBS whatever it is everyone says no matter what it's weird to me Boston is one of the hardest places to play their fan base is ridiculous and I get it like the crowd's always super loud but that doesn't mean our team plays the best at home. Because when you look at the stats over the last two, three years in the playoffs, we've seen it. We've seen the announcers talk about it. We are 500 at home over these last couple of years at home. As a team that's been in the conference finals a few times, was in the NBA finals last year, and they're not very good at home. Like, to me, as a fan, I, it's not very promising. You know, even, yeah. if, even if we take game five, take game six, it doesn't mean we're going to win at home in game seven. But the only thing that makes me feel really confident about this game is how good we are on, in elimination games. I mean, I get it, game six in the finals last year, we weren't able to get it done, but that was the finals, that was a Steph Curry team. That team was playing 
as hot as I've ever seen them. Or that's not true. <laughs> I've also seen them play colder, but they they were playing a different level. Jordan Poole's at his peak. Clay Thompson was back to prime. Clay Thompson for a few days, and you got to give credit to Wiggins there. But Tatum's gotten a lot of hate over these last few weeks. I mean, he's gone. He's been up and down. He hasn't been perfect. He's been struggling in the fourth a little bit. But in you know winner go home games, he's been at his best, and I think people need to start realizing that. But the one thing that needs to change for us is Jalen Brown needs to be better. I don't think it's being said enough. He has been way under subpar in this um, conference finals. Um, I mean, did you say it on air when we were talking about it? I mean, um, go ahead and say that stat if you want real quick. Before he made All-NBA, he was averaging 25, 6, and 6 on 57% shooting, 40% from three. And since then, this past five games, he's averaging 18, 3, and 3 with – 20% 20% from three and 40% from the field. I mean, that's astronomical. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's been, re- it's been really bad. And I feel like it's gone a little unnoticed because as a team, you know, the Celtics have been God awful at times at some points. I think game one was the game they could have won kind of lost track of it in the second half and let Jimmy get the best of them. Um, but in games two and games three, they haven't really been there. Um, but Jalen Brown, I feel like it's been kind of going unnoticed. I mean, 10 of 21, seven of 23, six of 17, 7 of 16, all in this series. He's 3 of 25 from 3 in this conference finals. Wow. I mean, that's just not... They will not win this... I mean, whether they come back and this ends up going 7, going 6, they will not win the series if Jalen Brown doesn't step up. I mean, this is a two-headed duo. They both made All-NBA for a reason. I think they got that one game. So now they got the fire back. They got that intensity back. But you still need your best players to show up. Because like you said, Matt, the Heat role players are playing the best they could be playing. I mean, all of them, three through seven, they're all playing tremendous. It reminds me of like a Golden State, how there was just guys coming off the bench in their really, really dominant years, and it didn't really matter who they had on the floor at that time. Everyone just, I mean, I feel like the whole damn team is shooting. Sean Livingston and Andre Iguodala. It's crazy. (laughs) I mean, the whole team is just blasting threes, and then you think they're going to go only from the perimeter, and then bam, bam out of bio, just splits the post and you know smashes it in your face like they're on a whole nother level and not to say boston can't match that because they definitely can but to your point a minute ago i feel like they've had a track record of that even in the regular season this year where games where they should have you know that they were heavily favored to win for whatever reason you know everyone and their grandma didn't show up to the game and they were getting you know massacred by 20 points at some times and then games that you know they were either slightly favored or they the few that they were an underdog for, they come out and show their ass and they show what Boston is really all about. So they need to figure out whatever it is that they need to do to split that mindset and just keep it at this is a game we need to win, not think about what happened before, not think about after. Yeah, I mean, they're heavily favored tomorrow. Seven and a half yeah. as of right now. I mean, it's not what I – It's of course it's not what I want to see. But <laughs> – I feel like, I feel like that's easy money for Vegas. Like they know what they're doing. Everyone's gonna pounce on that seven and a half, and then when it comes to parlays, everyone's tossing in that Boston money line, and then they just start taking. They're taking everybody's money. They know what they're doing. I mean, everyone's been bouncing on it all year. I don't see that changing. The last thing I want to say about the team before I ask um, what you guys think, um, something that really caught my eye, and I, I kind of noticed it during the game yesterday, but I didn't really realize how bad he played until the game was over because. We controlled the game, and Eric Spolscher talked about it. Honestly, it was the only time I've heard him sound stupid because 
<laughs> we've been killing them on the glass all series, How, although we've been losing. But in the game last night, they beat us on the glass. They out-rebound us by, I want to say 10, looking at the number. They out they out-rebound us by four. They had five more offensive rebounds. Eric Spolster in the press conference, he said we got killed on the glass. So he's got to figure something about that. But I think, I feel like where he was thinking was kind of about Bam Adebayo. I mean, he's been the huge two-piece for them, huge inside on the defensive interior. I feel like he wasn't really as effective game four. He only had 10 points, five rebounds, and four turnovers in that game in game four. I feel like if he steps up and plays to his normal capability, I think it's going to be tough for Boston. It's yeah. going to be really tough. But with that being said, I mean, can we see Boston making history in this series? I feel like they have, they have the players. They've, they've been in this spot multiple times. They've never been in a 3-0 hole. But for how young some of this team is, I mean, they're a bunch of veterans. Is it possible or is the heat just too hot? I feel like it's definitely a 1% chance. Um, yeah. But you also have to look at this. The other side of the conference, there was another scenario that just played out very similar to this one. And the only difference was their superstar player, who was quite possibly the best player of all time in some people's eyes, he's 38 years old. He dropped 40. He played 48 minutes. And they still lost to what some people would say should have been the MVP. Jimmy Butler's just as hot as Joker in different ways and different stat lines, but, I mean, he's playing on a different level. So can it happen? Yeah. I mean, look at the Boston team all the way down. You and I have talked about this before. Is Danilo Gallinari even going to start when he's healthy? Like, y'all got that much. You guys are deep. So can it happen? Yeah. Do I think it'll happen? Not from what I've seen. Yeah. I won 150, like I said. What do you think, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't think they're going to come back. Um, I mean, that's the obvious answer, right? Not what you're looking for, but... No, no, I'm not <laughs> looking for anything. Let me flip the script. Do you think they're going to come back? Uh, I, Like you said, I totally think they can, but I don't think they will. Not because... Well, one, because like you said, the inconsistency that they've had all season long, I think it's finally going to catch up to them. Um, they thought they were going to be able to breeze by that and not have that be a problem in the playoffs. Well, they're wrong, and they got to learn from that mistake. And I think that's going to be the, I think that's going to be the final answer. Whether it's in Game Five, Game Six, a lot of people think Boston's going to take Game Five too, and then Miami's just going to come out swinging at home under that crazy crowd, which is honestly, I think, the biggest possibility. But if we take Game Five and Game Six and we get hot, we're winning Game Seven. We're not losing Game Seven. I agree with that. But with looking at that spread, which on CBS it's minus eight now it doesn't look so promising to me because what I always hate seeing when the public is majorly on the spread, but not the money line, you know, when underdogs cover the spread more often than not, they win the game. And I feel like that spread is way too big for a series like this. I get it. When you look at the final scores from these series, more often than not, this, you know, it's been a 10 plus differential at the end of the game, but you got to think it's going to be down to the wire. It's late in the series. These two teams are battling for a chance in the NBA Finals. The Celtics, they're battling to keep their season alive just to keep playing basketball. So with that being said, now I don't, I don't think it happens. But I don't like saying that because they're my boys. And, of course, I still have the faith. I mean, I was saying it to you, Callie, just the other day before the game. Like, please don't give me hope because <laughs> I don't want all that hope. I don't want to get brought all the way up just to get teared down again. Yeah, it's just you, so hard. You told me that in the text so, message, <laughs> just trying to stay realistic. So I'm trying to stay, I'm trying to stay calm and I'm trying to stay realistic when I say this, but you know how ESPN's their crazy percentages have been before the series started. They gave the heat a 3% chance 
I feel like that's ridiculous. But in my mind, like looking at it 3-1, when it was 3-0, Celtics was they were plus 700 to win the series. I think that's ridiculous. And now and now it's plus spread. I want to say it's plus like 320, something like that. I think that's accurate. I'd give him like a 30% chance. I think it's pretty high. 30 to win the series. I would give him a 30% chance to win the series cuz if you let him ta- if you let him get the momentum, let's say come out in game 5 and that uh Heat core isn't playing as hot. It's only Jimmy, it's only Bam. Because you never know. That switch could flip. You just never know. I got to think like that. And then also, like I've been saying all year long, I think we have the best roster in basketball. If anyone could do it, it'd be these guys. Jalen Brown's got to step up. Can't be turning over the ball as much. Missoula's got to be perfect. He's got to be perfect. He is clever. I will give him that. Some of the last second plays that he's drawn up at the end of some games, I mean... It's it's otherworldly, nothing we've ever seen before. So I think the fact that he is so young and that he brings a different energy is great. However, I don't think that it plays in his favor being that lackluster in experience, especially up who he's against. If he was yeah. up against anyone other than Spolstra, I'd probably give it, you know, more than that one percent chance. But Game five is it's, true, it's, it's so crucial. If it, it's just Jimmy showing up in game five and the core um, has more of an off night, that doesn't mean they won't show up big time in game six at home under that crazy crowd. Um, so that can always change. But if they're struggling and that leads all the way up into game seven, I don't see anything changing just because of how good I've seen the Celtics play under the utmost pressure when it's win or go home. Watching the game last night, I mean – I don't think the Celtics come back because no one on the Heat really played good yesterday from, like, what I saw. Like, Jimmy had a high, like, scoring game, but I don't know how many. Jimmy didn't play. Jimmy played poor. Yeah, he, he, he missed so many wide-open layups. Like No, he was 9 for 21. Yeah, he he, he missed. He got to the line a bunch because, yeah. you know, That's goddamn refs. That's what Yeah, yeah, does. sure, sure. The ref. Yeah, sure, him. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I just <laughs> – I don't think he's going to play that bad again the rest of the series. I don't think Bam's going to play that bad again the rest of the series. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, they definitely they had a terrible game. They shot 25% from three, 15 turnovers. They got to the line a bunch, but, I mean, it wasn't the type of pace that they like to play at either. Yeah, I mean. So, it just depends who can control the tempo of the game. Who's going to control the game? And I think that's what matters the most, but I agree. I think Jimmy's, he's going to ball out in game five. That's why it's going to come down to the role players. Another curious question I have from you guys for Boston, I mean, with them down 3-0, it came right back to the question that everyone always talks about. Is this the end of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? Should Jalen Brown get traded? Should Jalen Brown get offered that Supermax contract? I think it's a very fair question when it comes to offering him a Supermax. You also have to understand, it's even hard for me as a fan to realize, I mean, he'd be the highest paid player in the NBA if he got offered a Supermax. $59 um, million, right? $59 million a year. I don't know. I don't have the numbers up in front of me, but he'd be the highest paid player in the NBA to date. I mean, does Brad Stevens need to think about this? Should the thought of them separating and Jalen Brown possibly being traded should be a thought or no? Because next season he's expected to make a little over $31 million. In 2024, he'll be an unrestricted free agent. So this is the year to offer him a contract extension. Do they lay down the money or not? Because even as a fan, I mean, I want to give him the money, but I feel like it's disrespectful to not give a man like that the supermax that he has available to him. Maybe it's just me. I feel like it's predicated on how he plays in the playoffs, and he hasn't shown up so far. It's going to be tough to give him $59 million after shitting the bed in the Eastern Conference Finals. Agreed. He's been insane in the regular season. Played through the adversity, played through the drama. I mean, he 
NBA TV did that uh, that documentary. So, I mean, you know, we got to learn more about him as a person. Yeah, he's obviously a fan favorite, not just a fan of the Celtics, but a fan of the NBA. But Ben hit it on the head, dude. You can do it all you want in the regular season. But when it comes crunch time in the playoffs, if you can't help me get that chip, I'm going to need to find someone who can. And that's just unfortunately what it boils down to. We've seen it time and time again with what feels like hundreds of superstars that weren't able to win the big one. I mean, that was said about LeBron for the longest time until he quote unquote took his talent to South Beach and joined the Miami Heat. So his talent, hell yeah, he deserves it. No doubt in my mind. From a business perspective, right now, if I was Stevens, I would definitely have to do some soul searching and see if I could get a sign from up above or something to to guide me the right way. Because as it's seeing on my TV screen, if I was him right now and I had to make the decision, I unfortunately wouldn't. I would. I think that I think it's completely fair for people to say. I mean, he's been subpar at best. Because you got to give JT a supermax next year, don't you? Yes. Yeah. It's just. That's a lot of money on two guys. I mean, all it is is you're just paying more into the luxury tax. And yeah. with Grousebeck to owner, I mean, he said last offseason he doesn't care how much we go into the tax. Cause, but at the same time, I feel like you got to be thinking he's thinking championships now. You know, we're finally at that time. But I agree he hasn't deserved it this postseason. But does he deserve any, you know, because of the history he's had with the team, he's had a lot of great success in the playoffs. Kendrick Perkins, he's always the main man. You know, everyone in Boston's listening to him hating his ass because he always says, who's to say Jalen Brown's not the best player on this basketball team? He's normally the one that's out playing Jason Tatum in the playoffs. I feel like this is the first time people are starting to say that that's actually not true. And I've always believed that wasn't the case. He's always just been, he's been playing at his best to whereas now he hasn't been. I mean, do you take this all away from him because of the one poor performance, because maybe if he played better, we'd be in a different situation or do you not put it all on him? Because he's 26 or 27. I can't remember. I want to say he's, I want to say he's 27, but I think he's 26, but he's not even in his prime yet is what I'm trying to say. If you don't retain him, let's say you trade him, let's say he even leaves in uh, two years. Who are you, who are you going to get in return? Well, here's the thing. There's a lot of older guys now that don't have so much time left. Very true. But, you guys are incredibly deep. Now, I'm not saying a guy like Brogdon can fill the shoes of Jalen Brown. I wouldn't near dare say that. But Brogdon and, let's say, someone else could tag team to fill that void and run schemes and, you know, even run with Horford. And do, I'm like, they can do so many different things. But with that being said, Ben's also right. Like, to give two Supermax back-to-back, you're essentially saying, okay, you are my two guys for the next how many ever years, and they're both young. So, yeah, of course they could be, you know, a tandem for a long time, but they also got to think about it, like I said, from a business perspective. Like, is it the best route to go? And I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I feel like his performance the whole playoffs hasn't been hasn't. what it should have been. I think I mean I think he's he had one, just one or two good games maybe but I mean what we're on 16 or 17 games total in the playoffs right now yeah and he's you know extremely under what he produced all year long and you know if it was just one performance cool or the other thing is is what if he was the only one that had an off night and we're sitting at a 2-2 series or Boston's up 3-1. Are we even talking about this? Yeah. 
is it even that big of a deal? But the fact that you guys went down 3-0 immediately made the Jalen Brown subject thousands of times bigger because they need to shift the blame to someone. And, I mean, realistically, it's on a lot more than just Jalen Brown. So to be fair to him, it's not like it's only his fault. It's going to the two guys that have been talked about all season long, Jalen Brown, Joe Mazzula. How much time do you want to give them to win a championship, though? Because they've been a duo for Um, six years now. I mean, when you look at all the greats, uh, Michael Jordan won his first ring at 27. Steph Curry won his first ring at 27. Did When LeBron won his first ring, 27, I want to say. True, but to his point, he didn't have the same superstar piece next to him. Those guys didn't. Um, Who are you talking about specifically? Like Jordan and LeBron. I mean, you could argue they all had pieces when they won their first ring. Yeah, Jason Tatum has had Jalen Brown since he was 21. That's true, but you also got to think these guys got drafted here. They developed here. They've been growing together here. Jason Tatum just, this is his sixth season in the league, 24, 25. I think he just turned 25. I mean, they're two of the youngest duos in the league. When we're talking about best duos in the league, no one else is close to the same age as them. Yeah. Devin Booker, KD, Luka, Kyrie, LeBron, AD. None of them are at the same age as these guys. I feel like you got to give them at least five more years to win one ring. Because if they win a ring at 28 and 29 apiece, they're still in their prime. Just won a ring. Yeah. Well, you never know. Thing. A dynasty can happen at any time. And that was just fan lands talking. But, but I don't. $500 million on two guys is a big risk to win, run one ring in the next five years. That's very true. They've already yeah. been on the same team for the it's past six it's years. It's hard to win, man. It is hard to win. I'm not. And you, you got to. Especially in today's to admit, NBA. Tatum's not yeah. a GOAT. Tatum's not Braun. You know, t- <laughs> who, who in this league has won multiple rings being that guy? Like you say, Steph Curry, but he's always had a different team. He had Kevin Durant for a couple years. Mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard won a couple rings on two different squads. You got to give him credit. LeBron. Um, I mean, is there a guy I'm missing? I mean, Giannis will eventually be that guy, but Jason Tatum's not Giannis. Yeah. We'll see what Luka Doncic becomes. Yeah. But it's hard to win in the NBA. Luka's got to grow up. Yeah. Luka is no a kidding. baby. I don't know. I mean, we'll see how the rest of this series plays out. It's not good when even the one of the biggest fans you know is questioning giving this man a super max because you're right. It's talking about it as a businessman. You know, got to work the numbers. Someone's got to. Is it worth it? It's a big um, investment. <laughs> it'll definitely be something interesting to look at. But even if we don't give him a contract extension this year, he's going to be on the squad next year unless we trade him, and I don't see that happening. So that doesn't mean he couldn't get an extension next year, the year after that, if something big happens. You never know. So I mean, that might be the way Stevens plays it. He's like, yeah. all right, we're clearly going to get back to the playoffs, so you're going to get another opportunity. Like, show me that you want that extension. Show me you want to be in, you know, green and white for the next how many ever years of your career. Yeah. And if he goes out and shows out, then hell yeah, give it to him. No questions asked. I mean, he's he's incredible. I mean, it's it's unheard of some of the things that he's done, especially he came out of nowhere. I mean, yeah, he people knew who he was, but no one thought that he would you know, be the player that he is right now. Yeah, for and like sure. Like you said, he's 26, dude. Yeah. Look at what LeBron, he just dropped 40 and he's 38. Like he's got years and years on his career. Yeah. So he could, you know, he could turn out to be the best Celtic or one of the best Celtics all times. We don't know. He's got the talent, 
But he's got to get that clutch gene. If he doesn't have that clutch gene, I feel like they're just wasting their time. He shouldn't care about how much he's scoring, man. He almost had, what, he averaged 27 in the regular season this year. I don't care if the man averages 23 points a game. If he's doing it at a very efficient level and he's helping us win games and he's that main second guy taking 15 shots, I mean, if that's what's going to get you the money, then that's what you got to be. Last thing I bring up in this series before we transfer over to the Western Conference, obviously Jimmy Butler's one of those guys. He steps it up in a different level in the playoffs, but it's just an interesting question when I ask you guys, like, where do we rank Jimmy Butler in the NBA nowadays? I feel like there's so much talent in the NBA. It could rank any. I mean, I think a top 25 is without a doubt. Um, but the way he plays in the playoffs, he's almost as if he's a top eight player. Like, where do you rank a guy like Jimmy Butler? Yeah. Um, I mean, let's forget about possibly winning a ring, being up 3-1, a chance to close out. Even if they blow this series, I mean, just an you got to give you got to give credit. This dude is legit. Like, where so do you rank a guy like Jimmy Butler? Because if you would ask, he's been me, around the league forever. If you would ask me, like, you know, three, four months ago, I would have said top twenty. But like since the past month in the playoffs, like top ten. Yeah. Like he's crazy. Because he does it every year in the playoffs. How is it just when it comes to playoff time, you just become that dude? It's just you're literally like LeBron. You're just waiting for that moment, just trying to win games, make the playoffs. I know and you've then, seen all the Jordan edits. Yeah, him yeah. with the bald him head. bald. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I don't know. What What do you think, man? Yeah, um, I mean, we've all know who Jimmy Butler is, even in his Philly days, and you know, all that. He's never been a bum, but. He's never been looked at as what he's been looked at right now with yeah. what he's done in the playoffs. It's been, I mean, even previous years in the playoffs, yeah, he played better than he did in the regular season. But I feel like this year, it's well, a whole nother level. So going back to that word I just used, clutch gene, that's what matters in the end of it. You've got to be clutch. I mean, I'd have to sit down and really put thought into making a list. But if I ha if you put me on the spot, yeah, top ten, I'd have to. I mean, yeah. I don't think there's any denying it with what we've seen now. Because there's there's pretty guys in the NBA, there's flashy guys in the NBA, and I feel like I can name off a boatload of guys. But sometimes it's that guy that just averages twenty five, six and six, you know. And fourth quarter comes, tie a game, five minutes left, someone takes over. Maybe that's what defines how great of a player someone really is. Because all these guys are professionals. These are the 450 best players in the world in the NBA. Well, to but, me it is. I mean... But who can who can get it done when it matters most? You know, with all that sweat coming down the back, everyone in the stands staring at you. Who's going to make the play? Seems like Jimmy Butler is always that guy. We just got to start giving him credit. Agreed. I mean, to add to that top 10, I would also put De'Aaron Fox in there, just strictly talking about this season, because same thing. Fourth quarter comes, he realizes there's only 12 minutes left in the game. All right, don't worry, everybody, just jump on my back. We're we going to go to the promised land. Now, they're very young. Obviously, they didn't make it far into the playoffs, but they played really great against Golden State. I mean, they had a hell of a showing. So, yeah, I mean. To he could be, be one of those next guys. Yeah, he's still to on be the able to turn that switch and be like, oh, shit, like, it, this is, we need this now. And to be as successful as he has all playoffs long, I don't think he's had one game where you can say Jimmy had an off night tonight. I mean, even last night was, I mean, he still, you he know, wasn't played well. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I'd have to easily put him into the top 10. No, I don't know if he would get past that again. I'd have to put time into the making a list. Cause you know me, I think about stuff methodically and I'd take too long to think of stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, top 10 for sure. When I look at it, like 
He just makes he like he makes watching the game. It looks like he makes every play for the Heat, yeah. whether it's an assist, a steal, a clutch rebound, like a good outlet pass. Like he makes every play. Like, He's everywhere. Yeah, it's and his no one else. In, yeah, no one yeah. else is doing it except for Nikola Jokic. I think the most badass thing he did this postseason was in the first round when they were still playing the Bucks. Might have been early in the series. They were down four, two minutes thirty seconds left, and he he said, uh, "What did you. he say to Drew Holiday?" Yeah, he I said, "I you. own you." Yeah, yeah I, own I own you. And then they went on to win the game, and he clutched up for him. I mean, <laughs> Holiday looks shook after that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's I tried just, not to clown him, but he looks so shook after that. It's exactly what Jordan was saying when he had that cigar in his mouth during the finals in his heyday. You know, when you can talk shit when you're down or it's even score, I mean, that's really what defines somebody. And you can just tell Jimmy's got that it factor. And he's going to be a problem for a long time. Philadelphia, Chicago, Minnesota, they missed out on this guy. For sure. Um, they thought these young guys coming in could be the guy for him. They, they didn't realize what they had at the time. Yeah, so they messed it's, up. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving over to the Western Conference, though, I mean, not as exciting stuff coming from the Western side, but still – um, some incredible performances you got to give and some crazy things we got to talk about when you got the king talking about things that isn't even mentioned to him. I mean, we got to talk about it. But uh, first and foremost with this topic, credit to the Denver Nuggets, man. One seed in the Western Conference going up against the seven seed Lakers who had a very impressive road to the Western Conference Finals. Um, but they went out and did their job and they've been playing as good as they have all season long. That's the difference between my boys and them. They have not wavered. They have not been inconsistent at all. They've been doing what they've been wanting to do all year long, and they got a journey to get to. They got, a, I mean, they got one goal, and you can tell, man. They sweeped uh, Bron and AD, the LA Lakers, um, in four games. Even like you said, Bron had 40 in game four. It still didn't matter. I mean, how about that dynamic duo to go along with the rest of their deep squad, honestly, and, Yo and Joker and uh, Jamal Murray? I mean, we know Joker as the former two-time MVP. Uh, Should have been three. Had a chance to three-peat. Um, but everyone everyone was saying before, and myself included, never believing in Denver, I mean, why give this man a three-peat when he's never done anything crazy in the playoffs before? Because we talked about it in the past. You know, guys to win a three-peat, they're some of the best players of all time. Talking about, I think, Kareem, Larry Bird, guys like that. Like, these are some of the best players of all time. I didn't think Joker was at that level. But he's finally taken that next step, and now he's in the NBA Finals, um, winning Western Conference Finals MVP. In the Western Conference Finals, he averaged 28, 14 and a half, and 12. Insane. I mean, that's just I – don't, I don't care how good he's been in the regular season in his career. He's never been like this in the playoffs. He's finally taken it to another level. I can't tell you how many times we've been watching games and he just – Two, three seconds left on the shot clock, step backs behind the three and shoots a straight slingshot into the bucket, straight <laughs> cash. Him and Jamal Murray are no joke. Jamal Murray, his stats this postseason, nearly 28, five and a half and six compared to his 24 and six in the regular season. Obviously, they're past the Lakers, whether it's the Heat, whether my boys come back and it's the Celtics. Can anyone stop this team right now with the with the way they're playing? No. Because I just don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't think. I think they're going to win the finals. Yeah, they're heavy favorites, right? They should be. Um, they are heavy favorites right now. I mean, whether whoever makes it to the finals, I don't, I don't think it's going to matter which team gonna they're playing. Yeah, Joker is. This is like one in a lifetime type stuff that we're talking about. No big man, I don't think. And you know, this is maybe too early to say. And you know, you can think of me any way you want, but 
I think he's on his way to being known as the best big man to ever pick up a basketball. Wow. It is insane the things that he does, the way that he processes. I mean, he's as tricky with his outlooks. I mean, he he passes like Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, when he wants to, he can shoot like Clay Thompson. Uh, he can post up with the, you know, the best of them in the league, you know, the ADs, the Bam Adebayos, that's known for being in the post game. And he can just facilitate all day long. That's the whole reason that Porter's able to bang as many threes. KCP over in the corner taking threes. Like, the whole team runs around Joker, and he comes through every time, every single time. I've seen very few, very, very few games where you could be like, oh, man, Joker had a bad game that game. Very, very few. And even the few that you want to say, it could also be argued that it was just an okay game because you're comparing it to what he normally does. Joker is it's a once-in-a-lifetime type dude, and he may not be flashy. He may look ugly with most of the things that he does, like a Manu Ginobili, but <laughs> he gets it done. Like, it, it, the ball goes in the cup. I don't think Aaron Gordon gets enough credit. Yeah. I think Aaron Gordon is a huge piece to the way that that offense fluctuates um, because they're not running, you know, just some everyday run-of-the-mill scheme. Aaron Gordon does a lot of different things on that staff. So when you have to worry about Joker as much as you do, everyone else is just going to reap the benefits, obviously. I mean, that's what team, you know, sports is about. And I think they're the epitome of that. As hot as Miami is, I don't think they'll be able to get past them. Now, I don't think it'll be, you know, easy squeezy. Um, or even if it's the Celtics, I just don't think anyone has what it takes to get past Joker. I just, I, I really don't. Do you think, Ben, that's hard to come back from? No, I mean, I, I agree with them. I think that they're going to win the finals. They're going to do it handedly, you know, six games, five games. They're not being touched right now. LeBron had 40. They won. Um, they were losing that whole game, double digits. Yeah. They come back in the fourth quarter. Third quarter, actually, they outscored them by 20 in the third quarter. I remember seeing that. Yeah, 36-16. Yeah. You know, Jokic brings the ball down, dribbles it to the free throw line turns around, hands it off to Jamal Murray, and he pulls up for three and makes it 60% of the time, it feels like. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it's crazy just the way they are making shots right now. Yeah. I mean, he literally, to Ben's point, when he takes the ball up the court, I've seen him do it multiple times, he will stop around that the, the foul line or the three-point line, and literally in the same motion, somehow he's able – to stop the dribble, hand it off, run a run a post for him to go around him all in just one swoop motion. And Murray or, you know, whoever's on the – Bruce Brown, whoever's on the floor at that time. So he literally just that one small fluid motion, I mean, it's, it's, it's impeccable. I feel like that's kind of exactly what the Miami Heat do with all their shooters because a lot of those guys are just strictly shooters. You know, Max Struess, Duncan Robinson – when the guys are hot, you know, Gabe Vincent, obviously Tyler Hero back when he was playing, um, I feel like Joker just does it with the best of them, passing the rock, not just handing off the ball and setting screens, but just as a playmaker. He's just oh, yeah. he's just one of the best in the league. And then just having that tandem guy in Jamal Murray play off Jamal. I mean, we talk about guys stepping up in the playoffs. This guy's right up there with the best of them. And, you know, Michael Malone, their head coach, has talked about it a good amount during that series before it ended. Like, a lot of people thought Jamal Murray was washed, even in the organization. Like, he didn't know what his future was with that team because he didn't know how they saw him. You got to give credit to this guy. I mean, with no trust in him at all, everyone forgot who he was. Everyone thought Bubble Murray was a fluke. 
You know, I saw him on NBA Today before I left today. They were interviewing him. He was on the show. And they were like, is it okay if we call you Bubble Murray? Because, I mean, the way you type of play and that type of style you are, I mean, you're you're right up there with the top guys. Like, he's one of him. And, I mean, he loved it. But this team, I mean, they're the deepest team, if not the second deepest team in the league. They got the MVP of the league. Or, I mean, it's not – you can say that. MVP of the league. And then you got – an incredible amount of talent. How about Michael Porter Jr.? I mean, a six ten guy that can do a little bit of everything for you. Stud. I mean, it just seems like they don't have a weak point on their team. Bruce Brown, I'll give him credit. He's been good off the bench for him. I'm not a big fan oh, of yeah. him. He was not really a great shooter before he came to Denver. He's really expanded his game in Denver. And I mean, that's what they needed from him. He's been delivering. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think he was, I think he was in I, I don't know the actual line in the stats, but in my opinion, he should have been considered. Obviously, he shouldn't have won, but he should have been considered for six man of the year as well. Because, yeah. I mean, he was giving you eight to ten points every game. Yeah. Uh, you know, whenever Murray needed a breath. Or, you know, I even seen a couple of games where he hit clutch shots that, you know, mattered, which I feel like that's when his name really started, you know, going through the NBA fans' mouth, especially as we got closer to the playoffs. It's like, oh, you know, Bruce Brown, this guy is a no joke. So... I mean, yeah. I mean, the whole damn team is just. Yeah, you feel like I feel like I haven't seen a missed a miss an open three all series. Like, yeah, it's if crazy. they have a little bit of space, like it's like, damn, that's going in. And they're doing this with what seven players? When was the last time you seen Kanchar in the game? Yeah. Don't worry, <laughs> I'll wait. Like they're doing it with seven players right now. It's intense. I mean, you know, Miami, yeah, they're hot as a firecracker, but they're using, like, what, ten different guys? Eight, nine guys, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're doing this with seven guys. It's it's special. It's really, really special. Denver all the way, in my opinion, to the point where I, I don't normally place futures, but I think I'm <laughs> going to place a future bet on uh, the Nuggets to, to win it all, and more importantly, Joker to get finals MVP. Yeah. I just don't think there's any way around it. It's crazy. They got. Sorry, I'm just looking at the salaries right now. Jamal Murray's under contract for two more years after this season. He'll be making uh, a combined uh, $69 million over these next two years. So they got him under wraps. They got Joker for four more years after this season. Michael Porter Jr., four years after this season. Aaron Gordon, three years after this season. That's their four core guys right there. I mean, they got KCP, Bruce Brown still on the team. They got other role players, but those are their four core guys, and they got them tied up for the next. Two years at least, and with the rest of them, three or four. So this core is not going anywhere. So who knows what this Denver team can become? And I feel like that leads to the question before I move over and we start talking about LeBron. You know, where do we start ranking this Jamal Murray player? Because how many how many times has he been named an All Star? How many times has he been All NBA? Not very many, if at all. I know he's never made All NBA. Yeah. I can't remember exactly how many times he's been an All Star. He better have been an All Star at least once, because. I mean, he's a, he's a good player. But where should we start ranking Jamal Murray up with these top guys? Because, you know, like with the with the Milwaukee Bucks, everyone always gave love to Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. Everyone gives love to Jalen Brown. I mean, I don't think Anthony Davis is one of those type of guys. But, you know, those role-player type guys, Demona Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox. Where do you rank Jamal Murray compared to all these guys? Is, I mean, is he a superstar caliber player? I think it's time we start giving him that name. I'd probably put him... I don't know where and to you put don't him have to exactly. Give him an exact number. I just yeah. thinking of the point guard position. I th- he's very good, but I still think I can name four to five point guards that are better than him. Without it, yeah. 
Maybe even six. Yeah, I mean, that's without a doubt. I mean, the point guards in the league are unreal. You know, top 25, but, maybe. Yeah, yeah I, I tend to agree. I'm glad because I thought I was going to be the villain. <laughs> I thought I was going to make that point, yeah. and they're going to be like, oh, no, he's great. Look, he's been great in the playoffs, obviously. But if you look at his track record in the regular season, yes, I know that may contradict what I just spoke about earlier with the Heat and the Celtics, but you got to be – not only clutch, but you have to be consistent as well. Now, granted, they have a lot of other pieces that make the machine work, but I've seen some really bad games come out of Jamal Murray, like some yeah. really, really bad games this year. I've seen some really, really dope games this year. And me, the most important part of a point guard, in my personal opinion, is the ability to facilitate. And I feel that he is not lackluster, but I feel like there's a lot of other point guards in the league that are upcoming, like, Therese Halliburton, definitely going to be uh, an insane player one day. And, you know, is I don't know. I feel like he's got to get that facilitation down. The reason no one ever talks about that is because Joker does the facilitating for him. So I don't know if he has the ability. I've seen him facilitate from time to time, um, but there's been very few times where I think he's had a 10-assist game I guess what I'm saying is I don't really know, but as the league sits the way it sits, I definitely put him top ten, but I don't think much further than that. Not Jamal taking Murray? any, not taking him any, not taking anything oh, top away 10 point from guards, top ten point guards. Yeah, 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 okay, top okay. ten point guards. Okay. No, not top ten in the league. That would completely <laughs> contradict that <laughs> old diatribe I, <laughs> I just went on. <laughs> that's why I was like, wait. So I mean, I see where you guys are coming from, and it's understandable, but I feel like there's two points that I have, and one of them, yes, he's not a I feel like when I thought of Jamal Murray, I didn't kind of go straight to the point, okay, point guards, you know, ranking him in point guards. I agree he's not one of the best. Because he doesn't play like a point guard. I agree he's not one of the best point guards in the league, but I agree with you right there. He doesn't play like a point guard. And it's because he has a point guard on his team in Nikola Jokic who averages 11 assists a game. Who happens to be seven foot tall. He's not the main – I mean, he's – so the first main thing is, one, he's not the main point guard on his team. So, yes, he averages six assists a game, but – I'm not thinking of straight point guard. I'm thinking of just a combo guard, you know, a guy that can do everything for you. And we talked about it just a few minutes ago with Jimmy Butler and guys that are clutching the league like De'Aaron Fox come playoff time. This guy is at his best in the playoffs. I don't care the history of how Denver has been. In the past, leading up to this playoffs, Jamal Murray's been better than Jokic in the playoffs, you know, when we talk about this team. Jamal Murray's been that guy for them. And I was always the one that said, as much as I love Jokic, Jamal Murray's the guy that is having to make the plays down in the clutch in crunch time in the fourth quarter, not Jokic, until this postseason. Of course, Jokic has been the guy. He's been every everything and more for them. So obviously, he's been that main guy. But we've seen Jamal Murray been clutch in, in crunch time in the fourth quarter. This guy is one of those dudes. He's got that clutch gene, like you said, Matt. I just feel like he's one of those... He's a guy we need to start respecting a lot more. He's definitely an all-star caliber guy. And I think we need to start looking out for him at, for All-NBA, for being one of the best duos in the league with Murray and uh, Nikola Jokic. This guy can ball, and he's clutch. He's been dominant this postseason. Um, I just looked at his game log for this postseason. I saw a few games under 20, but mainly he's scoring over 30 more often than not. You know, yeah. And that's exactly what you need a guy from like that. And he's shooting over 50%. I just think this guy's legit. I, I think... He, lives under the shadow of Jokic sometimes. And it's, I mean, obviously, if I'm Jamal Murray, I'd prefer that because who wouldn't want to play with a guy with that caliber? But I think this guy's one of the one of those dudes. And I think over time, like I said, with this 
team, they're going to be together for a few more years. I wouldn't be surprised if his name just keeps on growing. Oh, yeah, I agree. I just wanted to clarify, even though I put him in the top 10 for point guard, I'd still put him in the top 25 total because of that. Like you said, he's a combo guard. He doesn't need to facilitate. So, yeah, I don't really rank him all that high on my point guard list. But, I mean, you, I mean, and especially since you made that point about previous years, I didn't even look at it in that uh, realm and think about how Joker wasn't like that. So, I mean, he's a beast, and, you know, he does deserve the, his, his flowers, as the kids say nowadays. Uh, I like how we all said that. That was a good topic, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm transferring over now to, uh, to LeBron James. You know, they got swept 4-0. It's a tough out. King he did, James. He did everything he could, but it was weird because in the postgame press conference, you know, the reporters didn't even bring it up. They didn't even ask the question. He brought it within himself about I potentially retiring. He got a lot to think about. He doesn't really know what his future holds. I mean, is that a lot of BS? Is this guy playing in the Lakers uniform next year? Because before you guys answer that, whether he is on the roster or he's playing basketball at the start of next season, it's this wasn't the last of LeBron James. No, he'll in be, my opinion. I think I'm curious what you guys think. I think it's just him trying to get news coverage after getting swept. Honestly, yeah, trying yeah. to cover Not that to up a little bit. Disrespect the king, but yeah, yeah. I mean, what? It's kind of <laughs> smart when you think about it. Vince Carter played until he was what 42, old, 43. Old, old. So I want to say like 44. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> look at LeBron. He's still a physical specimen. He's like women dream about looking like LeBron. That's how much of a physical <laughs> specimen he is. <laughs> He is athletically gifted to the nth degree. So, hell no, I don't think that this will be the last. The only way he walks away from basketball, if it's spiritually or, you know, he wants to really focus on on his boys' career or, or, you know, something like that. But he loves the game too damn much. Like he said, it, he doesn't get a kick of out of making it to the Western Conference Finals. He's done it damn near every year of his career. He don't yeah. care about it. Like, he wants to win that ring. So that right there, the fact that he's able to just basically say the Western Conference Finals is just another game to him. Like, of course he's going to come back and go after another one. And Who wouldn't? And if you're able to drop 40 and play 48 minutes. Yeah. He's obviously still got some gas left in the On a team with AD who also, he needs the ball as well because he can be an effective scorer as well. Not that he was the other night, just saying. But... 48 minutes and you drop 40 at 38 years old, dude, you're coming back for another season. You can say you can say all you want. I would be highly shocked if we didn't see King James on the wood next year. Yeah, I mean, no matter the age, you don't see guys retiring when they're playing like they're in their prime. Exactly. <laughs> like, doesn't matter what sport it is. Like, Tom Brady retired. He wasn't playing like he was in his prime. He's a GOAT. But he retired because he wasn't as good as he was. Jordan retired. He wasn't as good as he was. Vince Carter, he retired at 45. He probably didn't play more than 10 minutes a game. He's still averaging 28, 8, and 8 in a regular season. He's, yeah. There's no way he's retiring. It's, in, it's insane. I mean, I, I agree completely. And then what, completely. what would he be averaging with if he didn't have AD? Someone else who commands the ball and is a dominant offensive presence. Then think about how much he would be. How much more? I mean, it would be it'd be just like we were watching them in the Burgundy, like we did years ago in Cleveland. I mean, I wouldn't see any difference except maybe the headband. Yeah, (laughs) I don't see any difference from young LeBron to yeah, exactly, young LeBron and new LeBron (laughs) or old LeBron, whatever you want to call him. I don't see any difference personally. Yeah, 
I mean, his game style is different, yeah, but as far as effectiveness and him still being able yeah. to go, he can shit on anyone in the league anytime that he wants to. He wasn't wrong when he said he's still better than 90, 95% of the league. Like, that's factual. He's better you're than, ten, you're he's better than 98% of the league. Yeah, yeah. I think sure. he was being generous with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'll be better than 95% of the league when he retires. Yeah, yeah. He could have made second team All-NBA and no one would have been mad. He could have made first team All-NBA and no one would have been mad. Yeah. I mean, it's... Eh, first team. He still averaged almost a triple-double. Yeah. I know they gave it to your boy. They were the seventh seed. They were the seventh <laughs> seed. You know, record goes into play. But if LeBron was first team All NBA and JT was second team, I don't think anybody would probably not cry about that. Probably not. I would have. You would have. I wouldn't have cried. <laughs> I would have pouted. I would have pouted. I would have pouted. <laughs> but it's just yes. I don't. It just goes to show how good he's playing for being how old he is. I don't think yeah. he's gonna retire. I just yeah. think he's blowing smoke. Because well, even if ass. let's say he did retire, his son's coming in the league in two years. Is one dream his last dream that he has that would be as a man? So I think crazy. Is has that ever happened in history before? Father and I mean, son. It's happened I don't like think league. on the basketball it's happened court. Happened in like Ken Griffey Jr. and his uh, yeah, in other sports. It's happened like in other the sports. NBA, not in the NBA. No, no I don't that think in the be NBA. Insane. I feel like it's gonna happen. I feel like it's written in the stars. <sighs> the so only cool. thing that would stop it from happening is if Bronny James Jr. walks up to his dad and said, "Listen, like I don't want this to happen." I feel like he that'd be the only that thing that mindset. would stop it, which I don't see happening. But you know, if you're a guy like that and you want to try and write your own script in the league, you don't want you don't want it to get carried from your dad's legacy. That I would understand, but I, I still like, don't see that happening. Because let, I feel like he's been writing his own script. But like once he makes it to the league, like at the end of the day, I feel like you're going to want to play with your dad. One, but two, you're going to want to play with the greatest player of all time. Yeah, that's your like dad or not. Like yeah. It's, yeah. Bron- yeah. it's LeBron James. That's true. Agreed. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I mean, you know, there's only 450 players in the NBA, so to be that one, I don't give a shit if my dad posterizes me. If he's the greatest player <laughs> of all time, yeah. I'm taking the advantage to play him as many times as I want. You know? Well, because he, sa- he said it himself, I don't care how much money it is. He said money's not a factor when it comes to Bronny being in the league. He said he'll take the vet men. <laughs> Clearly. Under $2 million. Which we were talking about earlier, because if he, they projected him in 2024 as a late first round, well, yeah. can you imagine if Bron ends up on, like, the Warriors? <laughs> I mean, that's not going to happen. Late first but, you know, round. It'd be a team, you know, like Philadelphia, yeah. uh, Milwaukee, Denver, Sacramento. You know, a team like he's going to be on, on a good team. He'd be on St. any of those teams. Yeah. So it'd be it'd be really because what? Braun signs vet men. He's going to say, well, I'm only playing 15 minutes a game. You shitting me? Like, but I don't If he gets drafted in any of those teams, Braun, he's not going to start his first year. That's what I mean. <laughs> play more than your son? Gonna do that to him? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. You see where I'm coming from? Like, like in 2024, ESPN has their mock drafts out, and Bronny's projected to go 28, 29, which is going to be one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. Defending or the team Bron that lost for the, the finals, lost in the conference finals, <laughs> getting Bronny, getting and Bron. Bron averaging 25, <laughs> eight and eight. I think he's gonna be. A, I think he's gonna be like a 15 pick though. I think he's gonna be a top 20. Do you think his pick is going to be higher because the team knows that they're probably going to get Braun too? Right now, I'll say yes. Because um, he could go first. And right now, I'll say people yes. People want to be upset with that because you get Braun for I also, two years. I also think year. he's talented. I mean, you got to give him credit. I mean, he's, yeah. a, he's a big combo guard. Like, he's not small. He's 6'4", I think. No, yeah. Yeah. Like, he's a good size. And me personally, like a Celtics fan, if he was our sixth man off the bench or he was our starting two guard, move Jalen to three, he fits perfectly. I think he fits perfect in any offense you put him in because he plays the right way. He's a 3 and D guy. He's one of the, 
I think he's going to be a premier three-point shooter when he makes it to the league. He's going to be a premier defender when he makes it to the league. And he's going to develop. He's going to – I already think he's a good facilitator, but, you know, obviously he's young. I mean, he's yeah. going to develop into a great one. You know you know, and he knows how to play basketball. I feel basketball. like he has a lot of potential. Yeah, he's been he's got, he's got, he he's got one baby. of the best minds in the world in LeBron James right in his ear. And so, yeah, LeBron knows how to – LeBron knows how to develop because even as great as he was when he first came into the league – he couldn't shoot worth a damn, mm-hmm. <laughs> nor would he even attempt to because he knew he couldn't shoot. All he wanted to do was just smash and posterize, and then he started to learn, okay, this isn't, you know, this isn't high school. Sustainable. Where I can just, yeah. yeah, this isn't high school where I can just demolish every team. Like, I got to learn to play with the team. So, yeah. Yeah. Bronny, he's going to be, he's going to be impeccable. No doubt in my mind, he's already great. So he'll. There's no reason I think why he won't go above and beyond. Sticking with the Lakers for another second, you know, I talked about all the salaries. Um, I've been talking about it with Denver. I've been talking about it with Boston. Um, I mean, we all know that D'Angelo Russell is an unrestricted free agent. We all know at Game Four, Kyrie Irving was in the stands. Trey Young was in the stands watching the game being played. You know, we're, lo- we're looking at the offseason now um, for the L.A. Lakers, and we're looking at the future because they only got a couple more years left with Braun. Um, he's got a player option in 2024. You got to assume he's going to decline that when Bronny gets signed, and he's going to, you know, he's going to be free. He's going to choose whatever he wants. These next two years are huge for the Lakers, next year especially. I mean, what do we expect from them? We know D'Angelo Russell's a big option. We know... Um, that Austin Reeves, um, he's going to be getting a paycheck wherever he ends up going. We don't know if LA is going to match it. Um, same with their, uh, who's the guy I'm forgetting? I'm looking at their whole damn roster sheet and I'm still forgetting. You got Malik um, Beasley, Jared um, Vanderbilt. Uh, it's because all these guys don't make any goddamn money. Rui is a, is a, is a ghost beast. So I mean. Rory Hachimara has a qualifying offer. So I feel like that's the same as like a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on for the Lakers. But big picture, what I'm trying to ask is, you know, what do we expect from this from the Lakers team this offseason? I feel like there's a lot of different routes they can go in. I think they'll be in the, the hunt, if not back into the playoffs. Um, I don't think there's any reason to think. Even if a, even if in a couple of years. I mean, they, got a, they did a lot at the trade deadline. A ton. They clearly made the best moves out of any team. Yeah, there was big names that got shifted left and right. Don't get me wrong. But in my opinion, the Lakers had the most successful trade deadline. They got what they needed. They didn't just go out to get superstars like a lot of other teams did. And you see, you know, how well that worked out. I mean, that's been the common occurrence in the NBA, it feels like, for quite a few seasons now. Teams don't get what they need. They get what the public Looks good on paper. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let me get all these superstars. All their pieces fit. And I think even in a couple of years, if LeBron doesn't stay and he wants to go play with Bronny, or even if he retires, whatever he decides to do, if AD's still there, I think they'll be just fine. I mean, Dennis Schroeder is highly, highly underrated. He's so good off the ball. He's a defensive He's a swiper when it comes yes, to Yes, I mean, he's impeccable, and he's coming off of the bench. So, I mean, they're, they got pieces. So I don't think they'll, you know, I don't think they're done. I think they'll be right back into the hunt next year and even after LeBron, as long as said pieces stay together. And like I said, Rui Hachimura, dude is going to be, he, I, I love watching him play so much. 
Rui Hachimura is a beast. So, yeah, I think they'll be fine. You're true with all that. But, I mean, there is that one missing piece that we don't know about going into next season, and that's who their starting point guard is going to be. Maybe it's Dennis Schroeder, like you said. Or maybe they, you know, re-up D'Angelo Russell's contract and he's their main guy. Maybe it's not, and they go with someone in the field. I think they should and they go make with a trade. I mean, I guess I can ask you what do you think is best for them or what do you think is going to happen. But whatever you want. I mean, I think they need to go get somebody. They obviously didn't have the piece they needed to win the finals. They got swept um, yeah. in the Western Conference. Whether that's, you know, rumors about Kyrie going around, whether it's somebody like that, which I don't know if I like that for them because they already have two guys that require a lot of on-ball offense with Anthony Davis and LeBron. And Kyrie is one of the biggest ball hogs in the league. I mean, he you know, he can facilitate, but his He's age He's got to want to facilitate. Yeah, and I just – having said that, Kyrie's had so much success with LeBron. Yeah. If he went I mean, to the they Lakers, they'd, pro- they'd probably win a finals. They probably would. I mean, yeah, they got the <laughs> I just feel like when you put three superstars on a team like that, it's like undeniable. Like, yeah. Because well, LeBron's yeah. like gonna the pre- Warriors. Because obviously Kyrie over the last few years, I mean, even right when he left Cleveland, ever since then, he's had, he's had uh, issues not with the team, but off the team as well, you know. I mean, back in COVID, dealing with all that crap. I mean, he's always been one of those guys with issues. I can't see that carrying on if he was, the new, if he was a new piece for the Lakers. Um, but they'd ha- LeBron wouldn't let him. Because LeBron wouldn't let that happen, exactly. But it'd be interesting to see how it mesh together with AD. Um, and LeBron and Kyrie, obviously, but you got to think there's so much star power there that it'd have to work. Yeah, um, I mean, it's... So that's, that's something interesting to look at. It's comparable but, to the Warriors, you know? That team is unbelievable. Yeah. You have multiple All-Stars, multiple All-NBA guys. I mean... I mean, am I just blowing smoke in the air talking talking about Trey, Trey Young bringing that up? I mean, yeah, he'd be a guy you'd have to trade for, but I feel like that'd be an interesting piece to having a guy with a team like LeBron. I mean, this guy can score from 40 feet out. He's That's unbelievable on the offensive end. Oh, yeah, exactly. He can't um, play defense to worth the shit, though. No, but you got to – in my eyes, I see it as, as – I mean, yes, the Lakers, they weren't perfect on defense in the playoffs – but in the regular season, they were known as one of the best defensive teams in the league. That's true. And it starts with, you know, guys like Anthony Davis. I feel like it, he would be a guy that, you know, they'd survive with a guy like Trey Young because the rest of the team can carry it on the defensive end. Yes, he's a guy that the opponent is picking after. But, I mean, all you can do is shoot over him. If you're trying to blow by him and get it to the paint, you got to worry about Anthony Davis. Yeah. You know? so, yeah, I mean, when he averaged I mean, just, three blocks a game or yeah. some crazy so, nonsense. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from the Lakers this offseason, but something's going to be made for who their new point guard is. And whether it's a whether it's a new shooting guard, whether it's a new point guard, something in their backcourt is going to be different. And I'm just I'm very curious to see what type of move they make because it's going to be somebody good. I think they should time. let Russell go and give it to Schroeder, in my personal opinion. I just feel like Russell is too inconsistent. And then are you paying Austin Reeves? Oh, yes, absolutely. Dude, talk about come out of nowhere. That (laughs) white boy is... Listen, Mm -hmm. he is... He does things that are... I mean, look at him. You wouldn't think... You wouldn't look at him and think NBA star. I mean, he literally was like, oh, we got to make sure that we make the playoffs. It's cool, King, I got you. And then started getting PRA out of nowhere. Game (laughs) after game after game. Hell yeah, re-sign him. He is quietly probably the third best player on their team, hands down. What do you think? If they go get a new point guard like one of the two guys we were talking about, I think they're gonna have to they're gonna have to get rid of a lot of pieces on the team that helped them get to the finals. Exactly. And I don't think the trade off is necessarily gonna be worth it. 
Because if they get a guy like Kyrie, I don't see that team having any depth. Like, their first five guys are going to be really good, but their seven and eight and nine are going to be god-awful. Can like they team, were in the regular season. Can this team they have constructed right now, let's say they even bring back D'Angelo Russell, just put him in a different role, use uh, Dennis Schroeder a little more like you were saying, is this team good enough to win a championship? I think they are. With LeBron just aging more and more, with AD and every other type performer, because we know his injury history, he's always injured just if, because of the type of build. If they keep the same team they had this year, with another year of experience, I think they could Under definitely Hand. make it back to the Western Conference For Finals. Sure. Yeah. Taking the rest of the league out of the equation, the team itself is definitely good enough to make it, if not win, especially under the helm of LeBron and the way that his mind works. I mean, obviously, he's done it every which way possible with almost everyone in the league, um, whether it's against or with. So, yeah, I mean, they're still a great team. You know, they just happen to run into the wrong team at the wrong time when that team is possibly as hot as any team that we've ever seen in the playoffs. Yeah. It'll be interesting going forward. I mean, there's a lot to look forward to in the NBA, and there's a lot still yet to come in these NBA playoffs. Hey, I thought this was a good podcast. I mean, I thought we got a lot of good talking going. The last thing I want to talk about before we end the show today, I mean. What? Spurs Spurs (laughs) to win the title next year? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it's definitely an interesting topic. Spurs got Wimbanyama. Not guaranteed yet. Hopefully they don't screw that up. But I will he's no the longer of the be league. a Spurs He's fan. the future of the league, without a doubt. He's going to be give it two years and it'll be a top five player in the league. This guy's unbelievable. I mean, when you're 7'4", with who knows how big of a wingspan you got, and you can shoot better than any of them, you can dunk on anyone you need to because you're athletic. And then, I mean, we'll see how his athletic ability is, but he's going to be a shot blocker in the, in the paint. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, so remember all that elite. cool, nice stuff I said about Joker? Yeah, Wimbenyama can do all that plus cross people over. <laughs> I can't wait. San Antonio is on fire right now. It's great. It's great. That is cool to bring that up. But I was actually, I was going to bring up uh, Carmelo Anthony, Mello. Um, you know, he announced his retirement the other day. Um, one of my favorite players to watch when I was a young kid. I just want to end it with giving a shout out to Mello with how incredible he was in his career. Um, he was one of my favorite players and he'll go down as... Um, one of the best small forwards in history. That absolutely never win a championship. <laughs> it's hard to win a championship. I mean, yeah, I'm not. I'm just, not saying. It's I'm actually saying crazy like a top that five he, small it's crazy forward, he never did, but it is crazy. But yeah, I'm I still going to give him. He's one of the best scorers I've ever seen in yeah. my history. It was unbelievable. He was definitely the centerfold of every single team that he was on, at least a lot earlier in his career. Until you know the days that he got to like Portland, and then, you know, then that was, you know, a little sketchy at best. But yeah, he had a great career. I mean. He made Denver in those early years, not to mention he came out of a possibly the best draft class of all time. Yeah. Uh, you know, so to to sustain and be relevant for all that time alongside guys like Wade and guys like, uh, you know, LBJ, I mean, you know, yeah, shout out to him. And, you know, plus he's married to Lala, so, you know, <laughs> he's got that going for him too. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, you know, congrats, Mello. Hope you have a prosperous life, and uh, thanks for all the memories, man. <laughs> so uh, last thing I wanted to say about Mello, because, you know, it started to come up with how Joker's been playing. Mello wore number 15 in Denver, too. You know, what? He did. I just what, don't realize what, that. What does Denver Nuggets as an organization do once that number's gone with Jokic? I mean, do they retire with just with Nikola Jokic? Do they retire under both names? I think that's something really interesting to look at. I think from what I've seen 
from the interviews, Joker seems like a humble guy. So maybe there comes a time where he switches his numbers so they can retire Carmelo. Um, and if it doesn't go that way, then I don't really know how you handle it. I mean, I don't think I ever remember a story of a sports team, whether it be college or professional, that had to deal with this scenario. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, yeah. So I don't know. That's Melo be... didn't ever win a ring. Yeah, you know, a lot of people remember him most well, for his yeah, New York days in the Mecca. You're right. So I think if Joker wins this year, then you would have to give it to Joker. Give him priority. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean I would... plus he'll probably get his number retired with the Knicks too. So. Yeah. Number seven. I think that Jokic is better than Carmelo. Um, no? Yeah. But I'm oh, talking yeah. more as just credit to Melo. Yeah. Um, I mean, he definitely. But if they give it to just Joker, it's not something I'd get upset about, but it's something to think about without a doubt. Yeah, because, I mean, they had a lot of rough years while he was with Denver. They had some good ones, too. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, they had a lot of, of not-so-good years, you know, and obviously that has, you know, part to do with he didn't have the right pieces around him. But he was, nonetheless, he was the Denver household name for how many of her – uh, seasons, what seven, eight seasons, something. I think like at that. least. So I mean, he started with the he started with the were they dread? No, they weren't dreads. Were cornrows? Cornrows. Corn, yeah. cornrows mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Cornrows and a headband. Yeah. Um, the yellow headband. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, he definitely deserves his his shout outs and his like I said, as the kids say, his flowers for his Denver days. But I don't think there's any denying that already this early in his career, Joker has superseded Carmelo. I'm sorry to say that, buddy. You were a great player, but Joker's kind of got your number in that respect. Great way to end the show. Hell of a podcast today. Lots to look forward to in the NBA, like I said before. But with that being said, thanks for tuning in to Lance's House of Sports. I know I didn't say it before, but season seven, and we'll see you guys next time.